Good morning. Today we are moving on to discuss Birchas Ashachar, which are the brachos that we make in the morning. There are a number of brachos we make, starting actually with the Lakai Neshama and going all the way through to talking about Pekoya Chivrim, Matir Asurim, Zokei etc. So I want to discuss the nature of those brachos today and some relevant halachas to have to do with them. Before I do, I'm going to grab the sitter right here. Okay, so there are a number of different practices that emerged over time about when these brachas are said. The Gemara says, when a person wakes up in the morning and they hear the rooster crow, they say, He who gives the heart understand to help distinguish between night and day. And then, as you go through the day, when you open your eyes, you say, When you put your clothes on, you say, That's the practice of the Gemara. Already in the early, early Rishonim, you start finding, well, actually, maybe you shouldn't do it when you wake up, but rather wait until you get to show. Why? Two answers given. One is because when you wake up, maybe you're not clean, you have to go to the bathroom, you have to wash your hands, so you might as well just wait and say them all together. The other approach given was, as time went on, people were less literate. People didn't know how to make these brachas. They would say, you know what, just wait until you get to show. The Shliach Tzibor will make the bracha and be motzi everyone else. And everyone else will fulfill their obligation of these brachos through the Shliach Tzibor. Interestingly, according to that opinion, you should have a minion before you make those brachos, which is brought down. If, you want to, if it's about the minion, if it's about one person who emotes everyone else, wait till they have a minion. However, the Mishnah Brewer points out that it's, our custom is everyone's, because now, thank God, we all have an education, and we all hopefully are literate, since we're making the bracha either way by ourselves, you don't need a minion. But it seems like it's part of Tzfil, it seems like it's part of Tzfil of Tzibor. It became, it became part of Tzibor. Yeah. Okay. I it was, uh, if we are so we'll get we'll get there one second. Good question. Jonathan said, if we're literate now, should we go back? So that's working on the assumption under the assumption that the point of making these brach, why are we making these brachas? Because as we experience these things, we thank God for. We thank God for them. It's some sort of a bracha thanking God for them. In fact, if you look at the Shulchan Aruch, the Shulchan Aruch writes out a beginning. And by the way, listen carefully to this list. You'll see there are things that are missing. He um, says, when you wake up, Kishyar Menishit Mishnah. So, Yom Relechai Neshama. Okay, I thought it was interesting. That's the first of brachos. Kishyar Kol HaTarnag. When you hear the rooster crow, Yivarach HaNosin LaSarvina, one who is able to differentiate between night and day. By the way, if the idea, what's the idea behind that bracha? To differentiate between night and day. So, seemingly, seemingly, before we had watches, we've discussed this in the Zamanim Shir, it was very hard to know time. Either it was day, it was night, it was night, it was day, but the Gemara tells us in Seth Lipsachim that the reason why we have this hour between when we're not allowed to eat chametz and when chametz actually becomes forbidden to own is because between the fourth and fifth hour of the day, it's hard to tell what, where the sun is. Therefore, we give this limbo period so you know exactly really the, the fourth and the, and the sixth you do know. That it, you couldn't tell precise time. So the fact of a rooster crowing, now you know it's going to be daybreak, that's something to be thankful for. But if you think about it, if it's really about being able to demark time clearly, so really you should be able to make it at night as well. And in fact, the post could say one technically could make it at night, but daybreak, it brings a whole new day, it's the dawn of a new day, it's hope, it's exciting. Whereas at night, at night's coming, it, there's a terror at night, there's a fear at night, so we prefer to make it during the, um, we prefer to make it in the morning. Yes? 
So, so we'll get to that in one second. We'll get to that in one second. The, um, it also happens to be these brachos, he, doesn't, uh, sorry, the Shulchan Aruch doesn't say when you uh, wake up in the morning. It's when you wake up, which implies these are not tied to day per se. In the sense that we know when it, came, it comes to uh, putting on tefillin, we had a precise time. When it, comes to, uh, when it comes to Shema, we had a precise time. Here, if you wake up, in, uh, I don't know, five in the morning or earlier, let's wake up at three in the morning to go on a flight, you can make your brachos and fulfill your obligation for the day. It's not tied to day, it's tied to when you wake up. If you wake up in the middle of the night and you plan on going back to sleep, so you shouldn't make the brachos. But if you wake up you know, at hey, two in the morning, I don't know, Shavuos night, you decide you want to take a nap first, you make the brachos, it's not tied to the actual daybreak, per se. Shulchan Aruch goes on, Kishilavosh, when you get dressed, Yivarach Malbish Arumim. Kishinyach Yadav Al Einav, Yivarach Pekeach Ivrim, when you put your hands in your eyes, you clean your eyes away, say Pekeach Ivrim. Kishiyoshev, when you sit down, Yivarach Matir Asurim, the guy who frees those who are bound. Kishizokiv, when you get up, Yivarach Zokiv Kafuf, when you're able to stand up, you thank God, you can stand up. Kishinyach Ragav Ba'aretz, you put your feet on the ground, Yivarach Rokeach Haaretz Al Hamayim. By the way, all these things seem like, okay, very nice, but you talk to someone who has trouble with any of these, and suddenly, and suddenly these are you know, the most amazing brachos, which might be part of what we're doing here. Um, and again, and so on and so forth. Um, that's, that's the... Uh, the you know, let's, let's, actually, let's, let's read it on just because it's important. Um, when, you put on your fo- when you put on your shoes, you thank God for everything that you have. Right? Um, that's basically saying, thank God for everything I have. What's the idea behind there? What, what are shoes, why are shoes tied to thank God for, for God who provides for me for all my needs? You can leave the house and do stuff. So Rabbi Salvechik has an interesting approach. He says as follows. It's impossible to make a bracha for everything. Because he says one of the things we see from the, these brachas as well as the other brachas we make when we encounter a, a beautiful phenomenon. We say, you know, we thank God, um, osi, uh, we, we thank God for um, God for giving us this wonderful creation is that clearly the things we appreciate in life, the things that we're given in life, whether it's things we need or things we enjoy, that automatically mandates a requirement to attribute it to God. Thank you, Hashem. You see a magnificent vista. Thank you, Hashem. How is that borne out? Through making a bracha. That being said, it's impossible to make a bracha on everything. Make a bracha of the fact you, you breathe every moment. It's, it's not probable. It goes the same, same way with food. We don't make a we can't we don't have a bracha. We don't form, we haven't formulated a bracha. When you eat an egg, when you eat when you eat uh, meat, and when you eat chicken, it's just we're not going to formulate that many brachos. So at a certain point, Chazal made these catch-all brachos, which covers everything. Shall I call everything you have borrowed, everything you have created? So, says the Rav, that um, since we can't make a bracha on every interaction we have, thank you God for friendship, for camaraderie, we're not going to do that. So what we do is we make one catch-all bracha of, he has given us everything we need. That being said, so why do we tie that to shoes? So says the Rav Salavechik, especially in ancient times, shoes were a mark of, the, uh, of what it means to be a, a, a human being. And a tzelma came in a way. Slaves did not wear shoes. Bondsmen did not wear shoes. Shoes were someone who was, uh, was, who was established, someone who was, a, you, know, you could say, it was a, more of an, a, a position of superiority in the society. Therefore, because shoes represent that, that's where we're making the brach on. But again, it's not just on shoes. He um, goes on. He says, when you wear your uh, belt, so you say, um, you say, Ozeisobigvura. When you wear your hat, you say, Ozeisobasifara, although some people say that's tied to tzvillin, which is why... Um, you're supposed to touch your tzvillin. If you're wearing tzvillin at that point, you're supposed to touch your tzvillin then. When you wash your hands, when you wash your face, you say, then you hear rudzones, etc. So that's the Shulchan Aruch. By the way, what's notably missing? 
Three brachas? Yeah, so those are later on the Shulchan Aruch. One is, as you pointed out, that's missing. It, that comes up later in the Shulchan Aruch. Um, the question, by the way, there is, the formulation's funny. Formulation's funny. First of all, why is it in the negative? You didn't make me a non-Jew. What about Shesani Yisrael? That you made me a Jew. Which there, are, there is a gear so that has that Shalasani Yisrael. What about Shalasani Ben Choran, a free person? Shalasani Ish, you made me a man. What, what's the formulation here? So I saw from Rav Shimon Schwab, he wanted to say as follows. Well, he quoted the Bach. That there's a very interesting debate in the Gemara and Chagiga between Beisham and Beis Hillel. Was a better man was created or better man not be created? Interesting debate. If a better man was created and had the opportunity to live this world and, yeah, and do mitzvot, etc., or better that man was not created because the, this world is full of sin and temptation. Like an existential debate. Yishri Kohela. exactly. So, so the, um, so the Bach says, we pask it, we say it's better man not have been created because look at all the sin and temptation, all the pain and suffering in this world. But once we're created, so then we, we're going to thank God for each, for, for having the ability to do mitzvot. So if you look at the list, he goes, it's a hierarchy. Shalom it's not that we're, we're not, we're not, it's not a, uh, you know, we're not trying to say that we're not like them as much. We're saying, thank you, Hashem, for giving us more than the seven obligations of a non-Jew. Shalom thank you, Hashem, for giving us more obligations than what a slave has. Shalom Isha, thank you, Hashem, for giving us even more obligations than we're, we're, we're obligated in time-bound mitzvahs. That's what, he, that's what the Bach wants to argue with from Shimon Shwab as well. That's why, by the way, there is an approach that says if you go out of order and you say Shaloh Asani Isha before you say Shaloh Asani Goy, you can't go back and say Shaloh Asani Goy. Because the whole idea is we're, we're thanking God for giving us the more obligations. Well, once you say Shaloh Asani Isha, you're basically saying thank you God for giving me basically every mitzvah, but, a, but with seven or eight of them. So you've covered the Shabbat Mitzvah Noach as well. The Eli Rabbis says we don't pass in that way, but also that's another, I saw, I don't remember who said this, that's, could, could be in the Shabura, that's why we don't say Shaloh Asani Yisrael. Because once you say that, you've covered everything. Okay. Um, and Shalos Ani Koach, there's actually a debate what you say. The Rav didn't say that because that's, uh, sorry, Hanosin left Koach because that's not found in the Gemara. That's a different debate which we're not going to get into now about, mit, about brachos not found in the Gemara. Can we say them? Can we say them? Why can Why can we not say them? So that one's not found in the Gemara. Um, that's where the Tamidi Hagrod did not say it. I think everyone here has a minute to say it. The Rav didn't say it. Okay. What did he say? Minhag. A new Minhag. It won't save me that much time. We can give you other Minhag. I'll save more time. Not that time. I hear. Okay, I can give you a list of brachas that we don't say, that are not found in the Gemara, that we should or should not say. Especially in brachas Okay. So, what we've seen so far, before we get to Jonathan and, and Stan's point, is seemingly we should be making the bracha as we go through the day, but because people were uh, either ignorant or maybe unclean, we push it off till shul. That being said, that being said, comes along the Ramah, and he says as follows. Well, comes says, All these blessings. You live in Linden, you haven't heard a, a chicken on Orchard Terrace. It happens to be in Passaic, where I live up the block, there was a house that has chickens. Totally random. The neighbors hated it. What do you say? One of my neighbors in the backyard neighbors has chicken. Chicken. It's not allowed in Linden, New Jersey. All right. We're, what do you say? we're libertarians here. We're, 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 we're not a fan of zoning laws. I mean, this, this whole place used to be full of chickens before the, uh, we came to this country. What do you say? As we know, uh, we're not a fan of zoning laws anymore, based on the article I sent you. So, exactly. So, the um, she says, "Oh shalohalach, oh shalolovash, oh chigar amar, oh sabrachet below askar shame." Shochnar says, "What if you don't experience these things? What if you can't walk? Unfortunately, 
So don't make those particular brachas with God's name. Why would he say that? So if you look at the Ramah, the Ramah says, no. V'yesh omrim, lo nizchai mevarach hasam, de'ena bracha da'akal atma, lo mevarach hanshakadosh bracha, bari tzarachia olam. Ramah says, no, you do make these brachas. So what's the debate here? The debate actually comes down to as follows. The Rambam seems to think, based on the Gemara, that these brachas are birchas hanenen, meaning brachas of pleasure. That the same way before you drink your cup of coffee in the morning, you say, and immediately after you must drink. And you can't say, I'll, I'll drink my coffee, I'll eat my waffle, and then I'll go to Shul and make the brachas there. So that's what these brachas are. It happens to be, maybe Chazal came along and said, because of extenuating circumstances, we allow you to push them off. But the ideal is, the deal is, you make the brachas prior to enjoying it. In fact, the Shulchan Aruch seems to reject this idea of the Rambam, that you should wait until Shul, well, it wasn't Rambam, whoever it was, you should wait until you get to Shul. The Shulchan Aruch says, no, if you can't make it, seemingly, you can't make it. Why? Again, the same way, again, no one, it sounds almost ludicrous to say, eat your food now, wait till you get somewhere else to make the bracha. The Ramah, however, based off the, um, the Rush and the Ran, seemingly, say, no, 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 we understood this all wrong. This is not a birchas hanehenen, meaning before you enjoy, you need to thank God. Rather, these are birchas hashvach, the blessings of praise. Not praise that you particularly can enjoy it, but rather we are thanking God that he gave this, thing, this gift to humanity. So whether you're someone who can enjoy it or can't enjoy it, you still can thank God for giving man in general the ability to see, man in general the ability to walk, etc. That's the big difference, which means even if you don't hear the Tarnagal crow, or whatever they do, whatever Tarnagals do, or if you, uh, if you are coming to Shul and you know how to learn, read, you're still making the bracha all, all in show. Yes, questions, thoughts, comments? This, by the way, ties into the Smicha Schaver. As we mentioned last week in, in Smicha Schaver, and the Raman points, points out that on Tisha B'av, you shouldn't thank God for being, you should, for being able to wash your hands. Why? Because we don't wash our hands. In fact, we push it off to Mincha. Yet we say that an Avel does make those brachos. Why? Because we say on Tisha B'av, since no one's washing their hands, so there's no need, we don't make the bracha at birchas hashvach. Whereas an avel, he can still make the bracha the same way a blind person can say, thank you, Hashem, for pakeach ivrim, for opening her eyes, even though they themselves can't enjoy it, although they probably could, but we'll get that in one second. Same way somebody who can't walk still makes the bracha because people in general can make it. So an avel, although they can't wash their hands, other people can wash their hands. Just a one caveat, when it comes to uh, a blind person, the Gemara points out, a blind person benefits from having a lamp. How? Because it... As long as other people can see them stumbling around, they'll come to help them. You can say the blind person can thank God for people to be able to see because the people who have sight can help them. The, um, okay. Just one interesting point, this is, I think as well as important, it actually ties into the previous discussion. I wasn't going to bring it up. And that was the formulation of the bracha is a little, they're, they're a little awkward. For instance, it says, let's this particular one, we say, pokeach ivrim. Pokeach ivrim, which is, which is what? He who opens the eyes of the blind. So first of all, the Rav points out, you can be more direct. You can be more direct with that. You can say, you know, who gives sight, or who opens the eyes. But Pokeh Ibram of the blind, why are we mentioning the blind? That's, that's one idea. Also, um, it's, um, we say, Asher Nosan Lasechvina. So technically, it's Asher that gives Lasechvina, it could just be Nosan. Vino. Again, so this is more technical and says the Rishalvichik as well as the Shimon Schwab 
that when Chazal formulated brachos, they didn't just make them up whole cloth, what made most sense almost grammatically, but rather they looked to pre-existing psukim and verses throughout Tanakh, and they borrowed the phrases from there. Why is that? So, says Rabbi Salavechik, says, because when we come to pray before God, when we come to pray before God, how do we know what to pray? How do we know what's going to be answered? How do we know what's going to be answered? So he says, rather than inventing our own prayer and hope God will answer us, we try to find pre-existing sukkah, pre-existing verse, and say, at least we're, we're, we're taking the words of the prophets, and that's what we're bringing to God. It's an interesting approach. And there's a safer called the Abudram. It's a, it's a, a safer from, from uh, Sfarad. I don't remember what year exactly it was. 1500s, 1400s, maybe a little earlier. Where he does, he goes through all of, all of Shmon Esrei and shows the sukkah behind each line. That even in Shmon Esrei as well, it's all based up sukkah. It's all based up sukkah. Again, because it says the Rav, we're coming to God with the, with, with the prophets. You can tell me where it's from. 14th century. Okay, fine. Right. Resalvage has another approach. He says as follows, you know why these are indirect? And it's almost talking about like, he who gives sight to the blind. He who clothes the naked rather than he who gave me clothes. So he says as follows. And it's, I think I'm going to read it inside. He says, when we begin our day and we say, he who gives sight to the blind, he who clothes the naked, who releases the bond, straightens the bent, we're not just thanking God for his benevolence that he gives us and protects us from disease, gives us all these things, but also what we are announcing is, and we are asserting, the all-inclusive morality of God, which is manifest in his deeds at a natural and historical level. Meaning to say, it's not just mentioning certain brachos that took place for us, certain things that we have in our life take place for us, but we're saying, look what God does for human beings in general. God sets free the prisoners, the captives, the slaves. He lifts up the oppressed. He heals the blind, the unfortunate, the helpless, and he clothes the poor and needy ones. The reference to our daily activities is indeed vague, but the link with the eth- ethical norm is pronounced. Again, it's a little bit more vague, he said, but it's pr- what we're trying to say is, we're starting our day saying, this is what God does. God does these things for us, and why is that important? Thus, according to our interpretation, the series of blessings in Birchad HaShachar, beginning with he who opens the eyes of the blind, followed by clothes the naked, releases the bound, strains the bent, contains an ethical message. They were chosen due to some kurgimatic relevance, although the relationship to the particular physical event is a vague one. These blessings can be dominated by the ethical group in the morning blessings. When one pronounces these brachas, he outlines a program for his own life. Give sight to the blind, close the naked, freeing the bound, straighten the bent. Meaning to say as follows. We're starting our day saying, God does all these things for humanity, and it's an ethical command to us that we too should begin our day thinking about how we can help free the captive, help the poor, uh, open the eyes of the blind, or help those who are blind. So the Rav says two reasons why, again, these brachas are vague and almost very broad. Rather than saying who gives me sight, we say who gives sight to the blind. Why that? So answer one was we're using verses from the Pesukah, verses themselves from Tanakh. Answer number two is because what we're trying to say is this is an ethical de- demand of us. The same way God helps the blind, clothes the naked in general, we want to begin our day saying we're supposed to imitate God and how can we begin our day thinking about those around us and how we can help them. So again, another perspective when we're doing this birchas hashavach. Okay, one last, one last point, says the Rav, and it, the other thing we're doing, this is a theme throughout the Rav, is when you begin your day talking about your inadequacies and your need and dependency on God, we are effectively starting your day recognizing, you know what, whatever happens today and everything in my life, I'm inadequate without God. I'm totally dependent on God. And that sets the stage for tefillah, because what is tefillah? It's coming before God and saying, God, I can only do this without you. For you, I'm empty. I have nothing. 
So this also these brachas as well. The stage is, the Rav points out elsewhere. There's a cycle um, that goes around when we daven. We realize we're de- we're how dependent we are. We realize how dependent we are that forces us to daven. That cycle, which begins with the brachas hashachar, we say, look, I can't see without you, God. I can't stand up without you, God. Again, also. Sometimes when we're healthy, these things we take them for granted. Okay, we see, no matter how we can, we can, we can even get up in bed. Someone who, someone who struggles with that, these brachas, they, they, they realize just how dependent we are on God itself, on God. Okay, excellent. I wish everyone a wonderful week, and uh, looking forward to next week.